so it's been three months, my people, three months. Hi, I'm George Saylor. I, I'm supposed to be one of the pastors here, but um, boy, you did just fine without me, it sounds like. And I am so, so excited and glad to be back and so excited to be ministering again uh, to you and, and with you. And uh, when I stood up here uh, last, I think my final words were, um, I proclaim this the summer of George. Anybody know that episode of Seinfeld? And uh, if anybody, it was pointed out to me that at the end of that episode, it doesn't go well for George. He ends up in the hospital and he ends up proclaiming it was supposed to be the summer of George. Well, it was supposed to be the summer of George. And it was, um, it was awesome. It was amazing. I can and will regale you with stories till you tell me to be quiet. It was incredible. And I, I am gonna have the joy of sharing some of those stories with you over the weeks to come. But before I say anything like that, um, and, and now, despite the words that have already been said and shared, I would really like my first words back to be words of scripture, words that I recited many times over these summer months, and I'm simply going to recite them to you. They won't be on the screen. That's fine. They're the words of uh, the shepherd's psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen, friends? I, all right, I'm pulling it back together, getting back into preacher mode. All right, okay, it's game time here, friends. I love that image. My cup runneth over. If you've seen a movie, and I'm sure you have, when the Vikings come back from the victory, when the medieval knights make the conquest, they gather in that hall, they grab their horns or their flasks and the libations begin to flow and they just start pouring those cups till they're overflowing. They're clinking them together. They're splashing all over. They're taking drinks and it's pouring down. I mean, they're not even drinking half of it. It's running down their beard. It's getting down over their chest and it drives me crazy to be perfectly honest. I'm like, you know, wine isn't gonna come out of a suede vest. I mean, like that thing is ruined forever. And who's gonna clean up that mess? And, and it's just a terrible waste. But what an image of abundance. What an image of reckless abandon to abundance and celebration and joy. So there is that part of me, though it drives me crazy that I love it and I wanna live that life of just over flowing. And my friends, I gotta tell you, 
my cup is running over. My cup is running over with the joy of the Lord and my cup is running over from the joy of the gift that you gave me of a sabbatical of three months of some 90 days. And my goodness gracious, I so, there's that part of me that just wants to sit down with you, my people, my family in Christ, my friends, and just ask, how was your summer? And I'd love to tell you about mine. So here's the deal. I do wanna hear about your summer and I do wanna tell you about mine. So save me the trouble, come by the church this week. Let's go out for coffee, let's grab lunch, let's go out for dinner, let's go for a walk around the block. Let's catch up, I long to catch up. But now isn't the time or place for all that catching up. Now is the time or place to just give you a little bit of a recap of what happened because you did send me off on the sabbatical. You did give me the gift. And so it behooves me to thank you for the gift that you've given me and to share how my cup is now running over from the past 90 days. I did set out with a little uh, sort of a trajectory of what I was hoping for this summer. The heart of it for me really was to connect with my calling to reconnect with my calling as one of the pastors here of the church. And so the first part of my hopes and dreams for the summer was to reconnect with my calling before anything else, to simply be known and loved, to know and to love my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To rekindle that fire, to remember that first love. And my friends, let me tell you, it was good to simply be reminded, to take the time to just be in and with God and truly to bask in his love. I did a couple things around that. Let me just tell you one of the first things that I actually did to try to reconnect and reignite my first love is I got to just read the Bible. And it might be a little hard for you to grasp, grasp, so just please understand me. I love preaching the word of God. I love teaching the word of God. But it is kind of hard to remove oneself from the preaching and the teaching of the word of God when one is a preacher or a teacher. In other words, you're always reading things and always thinking, oh, that'll preach well. Oh, I got an illustration for that. Oh, I could build a whole series around that. It was so good to just stop and to turn that off and to read the word of God for nothing else than to be filled with the word of God. And I can tell you, it's a good word. It was really awesome to pick up the Bible on the first day of my sabbatical and just start reading and re-experiencing in a new stage in my life, the wonderful epic story that is the story of our God, the story of the creation, the crash, the fall, the introduction of sin, the drama that would unfold, the glorious plan of redemption that takes us through the patriarchs, that takes us through the judges, that takes us through the kingdoms. Let me tell you, it's a great story, but insider kind of a, a tip here, I did kind of know where it was going. I did have a clue what the aim of it was, but I gotta tell you something about just reading the Bible. I was literally chomping at the bit to get to the story of Jesus. I was like, please, I can't take these minor prophets anymore. I gotta get to Jesus. I gotta get to the gospel. I gotta get to where I know this is going. Oh, to get into the gospels, to get into the life and the ministry and the works of Jesus Christ, to get into this death, 
and his burial, to experience afresh the resurrection, to get into the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church and the movement of the good news to the ends of all creation. Oh, my friends, it's a great story. And I can tell you I am genuinely re-energized to be sharing and living into this story with you again. It's a great story, and I would compel you to get into it. Um, I spent times in prayer. I spent a lot of time, like Jesus, I would just, I have wonderful moments where I could just slip off for a day, for two days, for three days, just me and a dog and a Bible and a couple books, and I'd go out to a cabin in the woods or wherever anybody opened their door for me, and just to spend times of quiet and solitude with my Savior to make the Psalms my prayers was an especially wonderful uh, just, uh, just experience over the past 90 days. I also want to tell you that part of that, and if this doesn't make sense to you, I will gladly explain this to you over that cup of coffee, uh, to go back and to reread and to go through the words of the Heidelberg Confession to start each day. What is your only comfort, George? I was speaking like the psalmist who's always speaking to his soul. I was just spending time speaking to myself. What is your only comfort? That George, you are not your own. That you belong body and soul and life and in death, not to yourself, but to your faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. To reread the Westminster Catechism, George, what is your chief purpose? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. I didn't have a lot of trouble enjoying God this summer. I will share that. There was a lot of joy. Oh, it was so good. I went through my daily affirmations. I started each day with these affirmations. I'd speak them over my life. I've shared them with you before. I'm going to share them with you again because they were very much a profound part of my walking through each day. I just start each day with a remembering that, George, you are a part of the body of Christ that Christ loves you, that Christ died for you, that Christ rose for you, that Christ is coming again for you, that without you, George, Christ's body is broken. Though you are on sabbatical, you are a part of the body of Christ. I had to keep reminding myself of that, to tell myself over and over again how I need to embrace my life and accept my calling in the world, to remind myself that I have all that I stand in need of to do all that I'm called to do because I have the presence I have the power, I have the gifts, and I have the fruits of the Holy Spirit at work in my life. To remind myself of the folly that so many have fallen into, I do not need to cling to any false idols. And I won't go into detail there, but then I would spend some time confessing my sins, sharing my proclivities to just want to, you know, lean into fear and greed and gluttony or whatever. Well, you know, just, just no, I don't need to lean into anything else. But Jesus Christ, to end that time by saying, now, George, love God, love people, and do something with this summer. So I had time to deeply reconnect with my first love. And I thank you for that. The other part of my summer, I told you, just unabashedly, I was excited to connect with my family. Before anything else, I'm called to God, and I'm called to be a husband. I'm called to be a dad. I'm called to be a son. I'm called to be a brother. I'm a son-in-law. I, I just got to reconnect with my family. I said, I proclaim this the summer of George, you know? But really, it was the summer of George and Robin and Eden and Karis and Justin. Uh, they might be sick of me because we got to spend a lot 
of time together this summer. Anybody want to go on a bike ride? Let's go. Want to go on a hike? Let's go. Want to go out for dinner? Let's go. It was just being available to be with my family. And I will tell you this. I was coming back from a bike ride from Breckenridge. I know. Woe is me, my poor summer. I was coming back from an awesome day biking up in Breckenridge with my cousin. And the phone rang. I pretty much unplugged my phone. The only people could kind of get through to me were like the, the, the you're like, favorite contact, you know, people <laughs> I had it like all turned off all summer long. Um, and the phone rang and it was my son-in-law. And my son-in-law said, my job isn't starting for a little bit here in Salt Lake. I was wondering if you wanted to come and hang out with me and some of my friends and we could do some rock climbing. And I said to him, I'll see you for dinner tomorrow night because you gave me the freedom to say that. And if any of you have a son-in-law, there's a special joy that comes with your son-in-law wanting to hang out with his father-in-law. It was so good. It was so beautiful. It was so fun going on those adventures with my family. That was the third part. I just told you point blank. I like adventure. I like action. I ain't dead yet. I want to do some fun things in God's creation. And oh my goodness, I went on adventures. My friends, I've been to the mountaintop and I've barreled down at full speed on my bike on more than one occasion. I uh, crashed a few times. There's a lot of blood. I will tell you that. Um, I came belaying down on ropes. It was incredible adventures. But the real fun thing that unfolded for me this summer was it got to be all about kind of three islands. The first trip was out to Gabriola Island off the coast of British Columbia to celebrate my brother-in-law's wedding and to celebrate with Robin's family. Uh, then I got to go to another island, Ocean City, New Jersey, which turns out to be beautiful. And there's a lot of good food on that boardwalk. So that was kind of my fattening up week. That was pretty awesome. And then to the island of Maui to be with my daughter, with my son. It was an incredible adventure. I learned how to surf. Your pastor's a surfer. I hope you can brag about that or something, and that means something to somebody else because I put a lot of time in the surfing. Um, I was so excited about surfing, I forgot to take off my wedding ring one day, and I lost it. 25 years I wore that ring and the surf gods claimed it as their own. I got out of the water. I was like, oh my goodness, I lost my ring that I've had on for 25 years. Uh, I got some silicone ones. They're pretty cool too. Um, that leads me to the big reveal. People have asked, so what's, the, what's your insight? What's the profound insight? I think because the new big thing is churches having campuses all over. I'm starting to think that we need a Connections campus in Maui. Anybody with me there? I think we need a Connections. All right, we need a Connections campus in BC. We need a Connections campus and uh, I can just spend a season each one. I can, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll work on the idea. I'll pitch it to the board. We'll see if it goes anywhere, but wow. Maybe the worst idea I've ever had. Maybe the wisdom of God. Time will tell. It was awesome. But that was Memorial Day weekend. And today is Labor Day weekend. And again, as I kind of already pointed out, how fitting the bookends of that. Because I was given the gift of entering a time of deep rest and reconnection with God. But now is time, like the song Waymaker points us to, God who never stops working is now inviting us to get back to work. So I guess I'm here to proudly proclaim, I'm here to get back to work, okay? Let's do it. I'm excited. I'm energized. I'm excited. 
I am very excited to pour into you as God has poured into me and to invite you to a similar kind of calling and stance in life. I can genuinely say that I feel an abundance of joy and blessing and goodness from God, and I am excited to pour out to you what has been poured into me. But that should always be the case, right, friends? That should always be the case, that we allow God to pour first into us so that from the abundance of our Lord, from whom all blessings flow, from the good shepherd who leads us and provides for us and is with us always, so it is out of that overflow that our ministry flows. It is out of that overflow that our mission goes forward. It is out of that overflow that we offer our services, out of that overflow of the love of God that we can love others. And so friends, let's pour out as God has poured into us. Let me turn the corner officially and put it this way. I'm gonna see if my phone is online and still working. Let me put it this way. The easiest thing to do is to do the will of God, but the will of God will be the hardest work of doing. The easiest thing to do is to do the will of God, but doing the will of God might just be the hardest work of your life. Uh, here's where we're gonna be going over the next uh, seasons of life and ministry and work together. Uh, I've said this before, but I just kind of wanted to make it really clear this my first Sunday back. Uh, I live through the lectionary readings. I make it a part of my normal devotions. And every once in a while we have a series like we had this summer, uh, which is time and called for it. And it was wonderful. But I love just going to the lectionary and trusting in the wisdom of God that this source of readings that takes you through all of the scripture every three years is God's wisdom to speak into all of his people here and around the globe. And so I've always loved how the lectionary pulls the whole body of Christ together. And so I want to be living into preaching the lectionary for you. And when I opened up the lectionary readings this week, um, which I will say this, <laughs> on Thursday morning, September 1st, Robin was getting ready to go off to do some teaching. And I said, well, I guess I got to go in and uh, write a sermon today. And she goes, what are you going to preach on? And I said, I have no idea. <laughs> she, she, she goes, what? I said, I turned it off, Robin. I haven't thought about anything. I haven't thought about this for months. She's like, I can't believe you, George. <laughs> so I walked in and I opened up the lectionary and I read the readings. And how wonderful for me to see one of my favorite psalms. It's hard not to be a favorite psalm. Psalm 139, I'm gonna read these words for you. Psalm 139, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Oh, wait. <laughs> you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works, your 
works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. You, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. It's hard not to love that psalm. There's so many promises that come from it. Of course, we are promised that None of us is an accident. That God loves us from cradle to the grave and beyond. That God has worked out the days of our lives. That he knows a word before we speak. It's, it's incomprehensibly glorious. And pointing us to the incomprehensible omnipotence of our God. There's a whole bunch of 25 cent words, but you can ponder some of that. It just, it just overflows with the glory of God, but one of the themes that it clearly points us to is to say, I made you, I know you, I love you, I want you to know and love me, and I want you to live into this calling, this creation that I have over your life and the days of your life. I want to live into, and we'll put it this way, I live, want to live into the work, into the mission, into the calling that I have upon your life. You are no accident. You are my child. You are my beloved. And I have great things for you to do in the days that I have ordained for you. And so, my friends, there is this sense that the easiest thing for any of us to do is to simply live into the will of God for our lives, right? There shouldn't be anything easier than that. We live into the will of the God who wills us to live and calls us to life and offers us eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Hallelujah and amen. But there's a problem. This little thing called sin, and there's a lot of sermons you could say about that, but we have this sin, we have this fall, we have these roadblocks, we have our own proclivities, we have our own failures that just seem to block us from always knowing and doing and living into that will. But praise be to God who promises to be with us and to work through us and to continue with us and to never leave us and never forsake us. Uh, when I started off the summer, uh, I, I followed a book recommendation. Um, you know, inspirational preachers will talk about, you need to get into the flow, right? You need to get into the flow. Uh, so my good friend, Roman Williams, we went to college together. Then he became a professor of sociology at Calvin College. Now he's leading this ministry where they take photography and the insights of sociology and they bring communities together. He is the most interesting man in the world, by the way. I don't do it justice. But anyways, he says, George, you should start your sabbatical by reading, designing your life. So I said, sure, you're a professor. I'll take your assignment. And so I worked through designing your life. And either I can't imagine anything else or it's really my calling in life. <laughs> All indicators point to my love of being a pastor and a preacher and a teacher and the leader of the church. There is an incredible assurance of peace that I had of simply living into the will of God for my life. And the will of God has put me here. 
at this time, at this place, with you, my people, to serve God and to glorify him with the work and the mission that we are called to do. And so we live into that. And there's that sense that then there's nothing easier than to do the will of God. And yet we know that the will of God can be the work of a lifetime. And it's just not always easy. One of the other things that I did was I read through the Sermon on the Mount many times over the summer. When in doubt, go to Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. There you go, pastoral pro tip for you. When in doubt, read the Sermon on the Mount. Go right to the words of Jesus. But I got to tell you, it's a high, high calling that Jesus gives us in that Sermon on the Mount. So I'm not supposed to worry about anything but trust in you. Okay, Jesus. I'll do my best. I'm supposed to love my enemy, but doesn't that portray them being an enemy? Yeah, that's kind of the point. Uh, okay, I'll try that, Jesus. Wait, I need to deny some of the lusts and the pulls of the flesh in this world. Sometimes easier said than done. So I am to consider a blessing. Let me get this right, Jesus. So I'm supposed to consider a blessing things like being meek and being merciful and having to mourn with people of seeking to be a peacemaker when the world celebrates war, of seeking to be pure in heart. I'm supposed to find it a blessing, the pursuit of righteousness, even though it can lead to persecution. We know that working out the will of God is the work of a lifetime, and it's not always easy, but thanks to be to God, guess what? We never go it alone. He is with us always to the very end of the age. And we have one another in the body of Christ. Oh, my goodness, my friends, I could say so much on that. But let me turn the corner. Let me invite Kirsten to come up, and she's going to get ready to lead us out with a little bit of worship. At the end of uh, my time here, Memorial Day weekend, one of the passages I shared with you was a favorite of many, a beloved passage I think I got it, uh, got it right here. Words of Jesus, Matthew chapter 11. I kind of ended with this quite intentionally uh, last Memorial Day, quite intentionally knowing where it was going to point me 90 days later. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Do we just want to take a moment to say, yes, that's me? <laughs> If not in this moment, yes, that's me. I will accept that as the word of God and an invitation. I've experienced weariness. I've experienced burden. And I would like a rest. Can we just accept the truth of that for a moment? And the invitation of that? I got to spend the last 90 days going to Jesus with my weariness, going to Jesus with my burden, seeking his rest. By the way, I will say this as well. I hope that you had some times of sabbatical. I hope you had some times of rest over the course of the summer. I really do hope that for you. I don't think Ruth had any of that rest. I don't think Kim had any of that rest. I don't think Amy had any of that rest. I don't think Chris, I don't think Paul, I don't think the board. Actually, I don't know if any of you had any rest from what I heard about all that was happening here this summer. So I think it behooves me as your pastor. I probably owe you 
a lot more gratitude. I probably owe you a foot rub or something. I mean, it is crazy biblical in some way. I mean, I hate feet, but I should probably wash them and rub them a little bit. You all have been working hard. I would not blame you if you're saying, okay, Pastor George, I'm weary, I'm burdened because you left and we did all the work. (laughs) So I hope you find some rest if you haven't over the summer months. I hope you'll accept that invitation. I hope you'll do the work of making the time to make it happen. Again, I had the blessing of a people who worked with me to make it happen. Make it happen. Get the rest. Get the space. Get the opportunity for God to pour deeply into your life. Let him pour his word into you. Let him pour his love into you. Let him pour his spirit into you. Let him pour into you. Because it doesn't stop there. Because then Jesus goes on. And he says this. I think I, I, I get this. Another thing I'll have to fix here. This thing is all wonky now. <laughs> Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. for I am gentle and humble in heart. You have a God of the universe. Oh, how many sermons do I want to preach today? How much time do you have? You have an omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful, almighty, all the expletives we could pour out here. You have a God who is all of this. And how does he want to remind himself how he wants to relate to you? He wants to relate to you as being gentle and humble in heart. Your Lord and your Savior, Jesus Christ, is gentle and humble in heart. You want a mission for the next 90 days of your life? Be gentle and humble in heart. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yes, the easiest thing to do is to do the will of God, but the work of God and living into the will of his life for you can be the work of your life. But my friends, it's going to come from the overflow of his pouring into your life. So let's end with this. It's time to get to work, George. (laughs) Vacation's over. Summer George is done. Put Put a pin in it. It's over. It was great. It's just as great to get to work for God. It's just as great to pick up that yoke that was made for me. It is just as great to get back to shouldering that load, to carrying that burden, because my people, I'm never going to carry it alone. He's going to carry it with me, and we're going to carry it together. Amen, friends? Amen. Let me say a prayer. Let's worship God, and then... I think I can smell the food already. Then let's eat and have a good time. Let me pray.